You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hardigan. Joey, you're sounding more tired than you usually do, and I know it's first thing in the morning for you, but come on, get a grip, grab an energy drink, have some coffee. Let's get through this. Let's do this. I have been so busy lately that I don't even, usually I have coffee energy drinks in my house stocked up, you know, for Wednesday mornings when we do the podcast, and I have nothing. I have water and that's what i'm drinking and you know how much i hate drinking water just hydrate that's the solution it is our scoop 2018 wrap-up show that's why i'm so tired i'm all scooped out we'll be covering the lows and the highs and the the mediums of scoop 2018 he went there he went there come on i love that joke including the trials and tribulations of benjamin benj ben sprag spraggy yes we've enlisted the help of spraggy to break down scoop because he watched and took part in a lot more of it than you and i did yeah so he's going to be joining us on the show to help hold our hands through our scoop recap uh we'll be covering his journey as well as all the other notable news from the online poker series that just took place I've been playing some live poker. We can talk about that a little bit if we need to. Uh, I'm pretty excited for Superfan versus Stapes this week because it's something I actually lived. It's like that uh, that scene at the end of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She's like, don't you want to see the rest of the movie, Pee-wee? And he's like, I don't need to, Dottie. I lived it. Yes. Which means I did not take five hours to rewatch the Poker Stars big game from 1998 (laughs) but obviously you have such a razor sharp brain such an amazing memory of this show that you labored over so you're gonna crush this right um it may not be the super fan subject for this week but i need to know have you watched one flow of the cuckoo's nest yet i have not watched it yet i still i've not watched it i've got uh now i've got some i'm i've got i'm busy this week i know you're busy but i you cannot you cannot not watch this movie here's what my plan is my plan is this. I have tickets for a music festival in San Francisco this weekend. So tomorrow I'm driving to San Francisco. Friday is the the main festival day uh, because Muse is headlining Friday night. I have Saturday tickets, but I think I'm going to skip it and spend Saturday in the hotel room in San Francisco just relaxing. That's my plan Okay. is to watch Cuckoo's Nest that day on Saturday. Worst case scenario – Sunday or Monday night, but I feel like I'm going to need a little bit of rest at some point this weekend. Then I'm going to get Cuckoo's Nest, uh, so I'll be prepared for the next Superfan versus Daves, right? Because that's next episode. That is the next episode. That is indeed. And and while we're on the subject of Superfans, I have to say I am so, so sorry to John Jacobs, because I don't know if you remember, uh, he was a Superfan on our show, and he happened to be taking a Los Angeles vacation while I did my last stand-up show. And he and his girlfriend, Stephanie, came out to my show, came to the pre-drinks beforehand, sat through a very long stand-up show, and I did not mention him uh, on last week's show when I was going over what happened. And so I just want to say I'm sorry and thank you for coming because that's pretty cool. That's like a super, super fan. People who have been super fans on the show and then – Come to L.A. to see me do stand-up. So I was very appreciative of him being there. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. At that point, you kind of transcend the status of superfan and become a state stalker. There, there's a, <laughs> the Venn diagram has a very healthy overlap, but they are separate categories. Um, Joe, I know that you watch uh, Last Week Tonight every week. Did you hear that John Oliver has been stealing our music again? Which was it this time? Because I did, I did watch this week, but I had a friend staying with me who's very chatty, and she literally talked over the entire episode. So oh, I was no. like, just sort of no, trying to keep her quiet. It, it's kind of the show which you need to listen to. I'd say that the words are more important than the pictures. So yeah. I would have told her to STFU. Uh, so last week, of course, he used our lobby theme. This week, you may have spotted this piece of music. which we normally employ when we're doing one of our hand histories on Poker in the Ears. So I guess because he was talking about the royal wedding and all things posh and all things English, it was an appropriate piece of music to use. 
It's just that there's like hundreds and thousands of songs in that library, and my guess is that they have access to more libraries than we do. Who the fuck is watching our show and ripping it off? That's what I want to know. Or maybe it is that the really cliched, hackneyed music that tired comedians would use is clearly a very narrow, what? small size. <laughs> um, before we get on to tweets that we've had uh, from our listeners, um, just want to touch on a couple of other things from social media from the last week. We didn't mention it on the show, but you and I were talking off air about this whole Yanni Laurel thing. And yeah. like, which do people hear, uh, Yanni and Laurel? And the bizarre thing is, after we recorded last week's show, I started playing around with it because, of course, I'm actually in a professional sound studio, and I was intrigued to know if there's anything I can do to the kind of uh, the knobs and the and the buttons to kind of like uh, make one make one sound like the other. Because here's the weird thing: when I first came across this, I was listening to it on my like MacBook speakers, and I was very clearly hearing Yanni. And then bizarrely, when I listened to it with headphones, I was hearing Laurel. And I was wondering whether, obviously part of it is perception and part of it is how your brain is interpreting the sound, but it could be that the actual equipment you're listening to it on may also dictate that. And I discovered something which is, and forgive the crude kind of illustration here, but if you increase the kind of top frequencies like I'm doing now, if you turn up the kind of high end, the treble if you like, you're more likely to hear Yanni. And if you turn down, turn up the low frequencies and go really bassy, chances are that you'll hear Laurel. Huh. Is that, I mean, I think that's part of the scientific explanation around it as well, right? Based on like what your ear, uh, your ear and brain perceive better. Yeah. Right. Is, but I thought, um, I thought the second one, by the way, did, did you come across the brainstorm green needle one? I did, yeah. That was uh, it. Was hard not to. That yeah, was one of those. Things I mean, but obviously, uh, both of them have just been everywhere. Both of them went went massively yeah. viral. But I actually thought that one was even more freaky because that one is all about what you're thinking of, and it's literally the same audio, but whatever you are thinking, whichever word you see in front of you, you then hear, and that is super, super creepy. That one I couldn't make work right away. Um, I heard uh, Green Needle. Like, without thinking about it, I heard Green Needle, and then it was hard for me. I had to come back to it later to get Brainstorm out of it. Um, The other thing that was all over, and I I know you spend far too much time on Twitter and Facebook, so you must have seen the socks in a box video. What's the best word I can use to describe it? The weirdest video that we have ever produced in this building. And our trusty podcast voiceover artist, producer Ben, was required to provide the voice of a rapping dog. Socks, 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 in a box. I'm so glad that our company's starting to find a sense of humor. My goodness, this is great. That was that was really fun to watch. Socks in a box. Yeah, it is, but also really strange, to the point where Ryan Austin tweeted at me, I'm so confused. Is this an actual advert for BetStars? Some of it seems real, and other bits seem like a parody. To which I responded, yes, it's a real advert. Yes, it's a parody. The two are not mutually exclusive, obviously. Yeah. Um, And obviously this is all part of the promotional campaign around the Stars £100 million challenge. By the way, I know that this promotion is only available in five countries, but the UK is one of them. And I figure that there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who are in the UK. So if you haven't done it yet, you might as well take a shot because... I think we all know it's statistically hugely, hugely unlikely that anyone is going to be able to nail the win-lose-or-draw results for all 64 World Cup matches, but it's free to enter. So you may as well give it a shot, because should you actually hit this ridiculous accumulator, it's 100 million quid. I mean, if you win 100 million quid, the company could be in some trouble. You might be me and James's boss. <laughs> Who knows? Think of all the other things that could possibly come from this. Uh, yeah, good job with that commercial, Ben. I liked it. It was very cute. Very funny. Uh, while we're talking tweets, uh, Paul Cunningham got in touch this week, said, I've been meaning to watch This Is Spinal Tap for ages, watching now before listening to Poker in the Ears, so I can fully appreciate the stapes shellacking. And I'm sure that when Paul listened to the podcast after watching the movie he realised that he was 100% correct. It was indeed a shellacking. Um, I noticed that Jack Osden picked up on something that you've spoken about on the show many, many times, Joe. The altitude tears are real. I had a full meltdown watching (laughs) Marley and me coming back from Hong Kong, tried to disguise it by looking down the aisle constantly, 
didn't work. Hashtag altitude tears. Is this is this the excuse we're going to use now, by the way, when you are genuinely moved by a shit movie? Well, Marley and me for, is like supposedly one of the biggest tear jerkers of all time. Like, I think if you were to to ask people like to, for like a straw poll, Marley and me is up there. Anything with a dog, people just kind of lose their minds about. But yeah, I wouldn't consider that a shit movie. There are plenty of other shit movies. What did I what did I cry out of the way? I think I cried at the disaster artist on my flight back from London the last time. So, I mean, it is altitude tears really is a thing. Dude, I've been so behind on movies. Like, I had tickets to Deadpool, didn't go, uh, because I just ended up being so tired and busy that night. And I'm tired of seeing movies late at night. Um, I'm tired of seeing movies when I'm tired. I yeah. just it, It's such an uphill battle. Even if I stay awake through it, I end up not liking the movie as much. So... As huge a Deadpool fan as I am, haven't seen it yet, haven't seen Super Troopers 2 yet, even though that's one of my favorite all-time movies, and the sequel came out a few weeks ago. Uh, I did finish Barry, and man, I cannot recommend this show enough. Producer Ben, I know we have similar tastes. If you can watch Barry, please watch it. James, I think you'll enjoy it as well. I know there's so much stuff to watch out there. The good news, again, about Barry is that the episodes are only like 28 minutes long. So uh, it's not that much of a commitment to watch uh, eight episodes. Uh, part of the reason I haven't had a lot of time is because I've been I've been playing a little bit more live poker than usual. Cool. Because yeah, because what I do now is that when folks come on the other show and we play live on TV, it's it's two hours, and as you know, James, uh, the advert breaks on uh, American television. We play for about eight or nine minutes. Uh, and then we have a three and a half minute commercial break. We end up getting in about 30 hands on a two hour ridiculous. TV show. So what happens is if, if you go to break and you're midway through a hand, do you just hold all the action until you come back from commercial? It depends. We actually just kind of mix it up because uh, sometimes if we if we feel like a big hand is brewing or someone's facing a big decision, we'll wait. Uh, but mostly we just play through because the guests get kind of bored. Uh, when we stop that often and for that long, and I kind of want to keep everyone's interest. So we typically keep playing. But usually what I say is, hey, guys, if you're having fun and you want to keep playing after the show is done recording, I'll happily stick around and keep playing with you guys. And I kind of feel like it's the least I can do to thank people for coming on the show. And, sure. Um, so I ended up a couple uh, of episodes ago stick around and playing with these couple of guys from uh, the Vanderpump Rules that I think I mentioned uh, who actually, James, one of them was a fan of ours. Uh, which was really cool. He actually, when he showed up to set, said, I just got done watching Lex's stream. Wow. Which was really weird for American reality TV star to be like quoting. By the Lex way, Val- I don't know whether you saw Joe, but I mean, obviously I know we're going to talk about scoop in detail in a moment, but when Lex was going deep in a scoop, I think he hit close to 20,000 concurrence the other day. I think he had the, a set a new record for his stream. Yeah. Lex is fucking killing it. Um, it's really impressive what reach that guy's starting to get. So Doug Polk was the uh, the pro that week, and so Doug ended up sticking around. And on the show, he sat to my direct left, and so literally every hand I played, he three or four bet me. Um, and for me, I'm trying – obviously no one's trying to lose money playing poker, but I'm especially trying not to lose all my money because I want to you know, sit there and continue hosting the show. <laughs> so – Three and four betting me is a great way to get me to just fold because, like, I don't, I don't want to be all in. Like, it's just it's particularly bad for the host of the show to be all in. So he continued doing that after the show and just ended up, like, even though it was a five-five game, he made a couple of grand. Um, I went and played uh, at the Hustler uh, last week with a friend of mine, an English girl actually, who expressed some interest in playing poker, and so um, she's the same girl I played with in Vegas a little bit. And we went to the Hustler, and I was upset because they spread 1-3 at the Hustler, but it's a $100 buy-in. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and so I was like, I was trying to explain to her, I was like, hey, I know you want to play 1-3, but it's actually like kind of... Well, hang on, is that, thro- is, is that 1-3 limit, 1-3 spread limit, or 1-3 no limit? 1-3 no limit. You can't play 1-3 no limit with a 30 big blind stack. I mean, exactly. you can, but it's stupid. Right. And so I was explaining that we took an Uber down there so we could have a few drinks. And I was explaining this to her on the way down about how, yeah, it's like that's the size you want to play. And I get that. But like you're actually kind of throwing your money away if you can only buy in for 30 big blinds. And so when I got there, I was like, hey, is there is there a bigger buy in than the 100? Like, oh, yeah, no, there's a three to 500 buy in. And I was like, 
oh, oh, great, yeah, let's play that. Not realizing that that, that was a 5-5 game. Oh, dear. So I ended up buying in. Me and her were sat at separate tables, and I didn't realize it right away. So I ended up buying in for 300 in this 5-5 game, which is actually also not really properly no, rolled. No, it's not. But here's the thing. Considering how much poker you've played recently and how much you've spent in the company of uh, players like Doug Polk, did you manage to crush this 5-5 game? The 5-5 game I played, I, I, when I first sat down, this guy uh, got his aces cracked, and on the very next hand, he got queens in against aces, so we got stacked for like $800 in two consecutive hands. And then the very first hand I played with him, I flopped top pair, top kicker with ace-king, and he was on stone tilt and got it all in with bottom pair of sixes and ended up turning trip sixes against me. So, And this is why I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not properly rolled for this game. I don't want to sit here anymore. So I actually got up and went back to the 1-3 game. I ended up in a 1-3, $100 buy-in game. I ended up cashing out for $1,200. That is just ludicrous. And unfortunately, I felt kind of bad, but it was a table full of people that not only were they could only, only buy in for 100 to rebuy, but they kept short rebuying for like 60 bucks. And so I was <laughs> just winning. That's amazing, because not only are you short stacked if you buy them for the maximum, if you buy them for less than the maximum, you're just all in or fold pre-flop. Yes, and so I was just busting these people for $60 <laughs> at a time, like over and over and wow. over again. I was like the most hated guy at the table. But the funny thing is, is that... You don't have to bust do people what... to get that accolade. No, I don't. But I, I, unfortunately, I was. And um, there was... Uh, they do this hourly drawing there where, you know, they, they pull someone's name and, you know, if you are there, you win a thousand dollars or whatever. And this dude named Seb came up to me at one point and was like, hey, I'm a big fan. Can I get a photo? Blah, blah, blah. Well, like two days later, Seb sends me a photo on Twitter. They fucking pulled my name at the hustler like the next day for like a thousand dollar drawing. And if I had been there, I would have made like a thousand dollars cash, but I wasn't. And she sent me the photo of like my name up on the screen, which was oh. funny, but a little annoying. Well, at least you, you still left the casino with money. That's all you can ask for. Um, here's the thing. Partly inspired by the fact that you've been playing more and partly by something that happened to me the other week. I've wanted to start playing more poker. So I've got some plans. Um this is a bizarre anecdote, and I'll try to do the shortened version of it. A couple of weeks back, was driving back from uh, a cycling trip in, in Richmond Park. A cyclist ended up going into the back of my car and smashed the taillight. Oh. And I basically, the guy, you know, when a cyclist hits a car and they go flying, your immediate thought is, oh, God, is he dead? Fortunately, he wasn't injured at all, just a little bit shaken by the experience. And I wasn't going to I wasn't gonna hold him responsible, even though he was at fault. I'm like, yeah. I'll get the taillight fixed. So I end up driving to this body shop place, which is off the A40 near Hangar Lane uh, in West London. And the weird thing is it's directly opposite this building, which used to be a poker club in the mid-2000s called The Western. And it was one of the first places I played live poker in London back in 2003, 2004. And it was the first time I played with Vicky Corrin at a charity event called The Hold'em 100. And this was back when... You'll appreciate the irony of this one before the smoking ban came in. So, of course, it was a smoking venue and this charity event was raising money for cancer research. Oh, and no. It was borderline impossible for me to cope in this building because it was just horrific. It was just smoke everywhere. Um, but it was still a fun experience because it was one of my early kind of live poker playing days. And seeing that venue, hearing your stories, I've decided I'm going to be playing a live event in the next couple of weeks. I'll talk about that later on. But also an opportunity has come up this weekend for me to actually play online. I've got special permission. There's a new poker variant, which is launching on stars. You remember Split Hold'em? Well, that's yeah. been and gone. There's a new one that's launching. And I'm going to be playing a cash game alongside Fintan and Spraggy, Nananoko, Kevin Martin, and Jamie Staples. And we're going to be streaming on Twitch, on the Pokestars Twitch channel, on Sunday afternoon. I think did it's they, starting... Did, did they need an adult to supervise? Is that why well, you got invited to the game? I thought I was invited to the game because they clearly needed a fish and that I was the table mark, and then I realized that Randy was playing. <laughs> so uh, it's starting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon UK time on Sunday. I don't know what to expect... So the variant is split hold of is what you're playing. No, it's the new variant. 
which that hasn't, you can't talk about that much yet. Well, it hasn't launched yet, but you will, I imagine, see it in the next 24 to 48 hours. Chances are, by the time people actually get to download this podcast, it will already be live in the climb. But it's going to be available for five to six weeks, I imagine. But it's a cash game with a twist. Let's is put it, it that my, way. Is it my cards up Hold'em that I've been pitching for years? Do you know what? It's not a million miles away from that, but I literally <laughs> can say no more. Uh, okay. While we are talking about online poker, let's break down Scoop 2018. Adventures in Online Poker. And the adventure we are embarking on is the Spring Championship of Online Poker. Scoop 2018 is in the books, and we are joined for this recap by a man who's been living and breathing scoop for the last two weeks but i'm sure it feels like two months benjamin sprague from team pro online welcome back to poker in the ears hello pleasure to be back hello james joe nice to see Spraggy. you yeah good to, good to have you on the show Spraggy. once again uh for the majority of years i've had a completely break even scoop how did you do uh, I actually won a little bit, not in scoop, but the events I was playing alongside, like the regular schedule, um, I won a little bit of money. I assume you're break even because you you didn't play a single event, Joe. Is, is that correct? That is correct. Yes, but uh, you know, I I finished ahead of many other players. You did. There's a lot of people. Uh, some of our fellow Twitch streamers had a uh, less than successful scoop, but I mean that's going to happen. You're firing a lot of tournaments, a lot of buy-ins. Um, sometimes you just you just don't win. I think for Spraggy's benefit, it's worth recapping what happened in last year's scoop when Joe did actually play an event, event number one, the phase tournament, not realizing that it started <laughs> while we we're in Monte Carlo, but ended while Joe was due to be in America. Joe ended up driving to Canada and getting a hotel so he could play day two, like two weeks later. And... You cashed, right, Joe? But you practically broke even because of all the money you spent on having to travel to play the second half. I think I made nine dollars. There we go. So, so that's pretty worth. much pretty much break even. Um, before we get into the nitty gritty, Spraggy, I think it's worth recapping the key stats, courtesy of our friends at the PokerStars blog. One hundred and eighty-three events. Nearly 145,000 players, more than 850,000 total entries, and nearly $91 million in prize money. And you might remember that when we were promoting this during Monte Carlo, we kept talking about the $65 million in guarantees. I think it's fair to say those guarantees were more than exceeded. There were 10 double scoop winners including Calvin Anderson and Ola Shemian. The Player of the Year leaderboard was topped by Calvin7V from Finland, just ahead of Cal4268934. Wow. So it wasn't Calvin Anderson, but he did win the PokerStars blog's Golden Scythe Award with 108 knockouts during Scoop. The Team Pro Award went to someone called Finton Hand, who knocked out 53 players. Um, I noticed that you were not at the top end of that leaderboard, Spraggy. Um, I, I don't really want to talk too much about the Golden Side Awards. Uh, the Pokestars blog tr blog team have been fairly merciless the last two weeks. They did this um, the Golden Side Awards here is how many people you knock out during scoop events. Now, what you'll notice is I didn't play as many events as everyone else for a start. So Finton, you know Phil Helmuth turns up every year and just plays every event and then he has a load of caches, but it's because he's just spamming tournaments. That's kind of what <laughs> the guys at the top have done. They've got heaps of events and that's why they're there. I took a more uh, reserved approach and that's why, and sure, I have the worst ratio of uh, KOs per event, but I'm not a maths <laughs> guy, you know? I'm not a statistician. <laughs> Spraggy, hold on a second. I do have a, a, a legitimate question for you. You're a, a professional poker player, yes? Like, you have no other job? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So what is it that makes you not spam the tournaments? Um, what What are you doing with the rest of your time during Scoop? Um, that is a good question for which I don't really have an answer. <laughs> um, because I actually streamed and played poker tournaments for the entirety of Scoop. I... I almost feel like, looking at this, it says I played 13 scoop events in the final standings. The Pokestars blog team, I know they're doing great work, but I feel like I played more than more than that. I was so, going to ask, what did you do that led well, to such I, vicious trolling from Brad Willis and the rest of the blog team? I don't know. Nothing. Apart from not do particularly well. Um, and instead of building me up, they, they 
this pushed me down. I mean, has Finton been handing them a bung, saying, you know, just just keep it up, just keep up the pressure on him? Uh, presumably. I mean, he's top of the leaderboard. I, this is the first time I've seen the final standings there. He's actually top, isn't he? He's yes, done quite he well. Spraggy, uh, maybe it's because you're a vicious troll yourself. That's, that's and... actually not true. <laughs> Joe Stapleton tried to call me out in the week um, about the, the Yanni and Laurel thing saying that i was a troll but uh no a lot of what i say in my interactions with you are entirely sincere Joe. oh so the, all those direct messages you sent me before my stand-up show last <laughs> week about um about don't let the pressure build inside me and don't worry that everyone's judging me and watching me that was uh, that was genuine that was genuine um support wishing you the best i knew you had a big day coming up i thought maybe <laughs> i'll give a little pep talk to my friend joe stapleton so i messaged you and just said you know don't let those things play on your mind which hopefully uh as a result of my messages, hopefully they didn't. You messaged me and messaged me and messaged me and messaged me. I thought I was like my phone, my phone was going off and I was like, oh, man, somebody died. Like somebody. My parents are like, where are you? Pick up your phone. Why are you not answering? And it was you, uh, which uh, not unlike my parents, you were uh, trying to destroy my self-esteem. So. Um, it was almost the same thing. Now, I'm going to accentuate the positive and talk about your deep run in that Sunday Million Special Edition because there was so much hype surrounding this and obviously you guys came back for the second day uh, to see how far you could get. Where did you finish again? Um, as evidenced on Twitter, I finished, I believe, 96th. I, uh, I'm not sure how many runners there was. It was the $530 Sunday Million um sort of the one in the middle of the scoop. It's the first time I've played since I've started my bankroll challenge on Twitch. It's the highest tournament I'd played, uh, the 5.30. So it's good to have a good run. I cashed for about 2.8K, which is obviously pretty good, but uh, disappointing there's so much up top. And how was Finton's main event? Because, of course, he won the 10K scoop high ticket in the Twitch special that we ran in Monte Carlo. How did he fare? Uh, he didn't cash. He came in, finished in the top 100. Um, I think it was about 80 got paid. So he, he wasn't too far from the money. I thought he played really, really well. He played really solidly um, with people railing on Twitch. Of course, we had great players in there like uh, Lena 900, who's had a really good scoop. Yes. And um, there were some pots where Finton played back at Lena and uh, had the better of him. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Lena, actually. Maybe it was C. Darwin who's a top, top player on PokerStars. And the chat were like, oh, Finton, careful, C. Darwin's on the table, blah, blah, blah. But there was a few spots where uh, Finton actually dealt with C. Darwin really well. So I thought he did. He had a, a great showing, uh, a very unfortunate hand to lose a bunch of chips, was a cooler blind v. blind. Joe, last week you were asking after a lane at 900, uh, actually a Swedish player called Nicholas Ashstedt, who ended up topping the player of the year high leaderboard. Uh, I'm I glad was. that... I'm glad Only that... because I thought Lena 900 was going to be a girl. So I'm, just, I'm fucking bored already. Sorry. Um, I'm glad that uh, that Finton had the experience because obviously to play a 10k tournament is not only out of I guess all of our bank rolls but also out of our comfort zones and I'm glad that he was able to to play at the top of his game because I know I'd just be shitting myself for the entire time. Yeah, I think it definitely helps. Like he wasn't in for 10k if yeah. that makes sense. He won it at the Monte Carlo um, Twitchy Pete's Monte Carlo Mayhem Madness um, game, so. I guess kind of free rolling in a way so it, i think it didn't feel like he was fully in for the ten thousand dollars i just know the few times that i've won my way into things like that it's just so now look fitton's a good poker player and he's a professional poker player so it's a slightly different attitude but all i'm like please just let me mint cash please just let me mint cash it's twenty thousand dollars please and it's so frustrating when you don't get there yeah no i definitely think that was his when you when the min cash is so big, you're in for zero, and it's a difference between zero dollars and twenty. I don't twenty two, twenty three thousand or something. Especially because at one point he had a really nice stack, and it looked like he was going to get there. I th there's got to be some disappointment for sure. Yeah. How much of Scoot was you guys just playing events yourself, and how much were you watching some of the other big events? Because I know, for example, with W Coop, uh, you guys did the final table of the main event. Were you covering the final table of the Scoot main? Yep, we did. Uh, so we, we basically just streamed our own events and, uh, and all the, the regular schedule for the first two weeks. And then we covered, myself actually and NanoNoco uh, covered the main events last night, the 109, the 1K and the 10K, because obviously they were they were three-day events. Of course. Um, so we saw three winners there, three platinum passes given away, uh, heaps in uh, prize pools. And at one point, you guys run the podcast, you know how audio works, you're used to these sort of things. NanoNoco 
we have Discord for the audio, Skype for the video. He turned audio on in both clients and thought, because my voice was echoing, he thought there was a demon in his PC. <laughs> so someone had photoshopped like a demon behind him on the webcam. And then the whole of Twitch chat was telling him there was something behind him. He spent probably 30, 45 minutes checking over his shoulder during the broadcast. Um, so that's what I worked with last night. Uh, in the main event, it's nice to be joined by two professionals today. <laughs> I fucking love that kid so much. I uh, did you guys, you guys like very briefly dangled the carrot of having me uh, join you guys on your broadcast though, and then I was like, yeah, when do we do it? Radio silence. Um, well, you've an open invite, Joe. You know that we there was a lot of talk of people wanting to hear your origin of Canada story, which I'm yet to hear, and there was a lot of people on Twitch who who hadn't heard it. So, at some point uh, in the future, we will we will have to. Here's my, here's my question about your broadcast, because uh, I know that you guys are professional. Can people just jump on with you, or is it something that you have to plan out and produce ahead of time? No, you can just, just jump on Skype, whatever. We, we'll bring guests in um, ad hoc, as they say. Oh, okay, cool. Whenever you want to come on, mate. Whenever. I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, wow. the, the high main event, the 10K event that Finson played... Tan Kanza from Austria won that one. $1.1 million plus Shit. the Platinum Pass. I'm always intrigued with these huge events, with these huge prize pools, when we don't see a deal being done, Spraggy, because I think online, even more than live, the stacks get really shallow when you get down to like the final nine or the final six, and yet they played this out. Yeah, um, I think the Scoop 10K, the structure is really good. It's a 30-minute clock, which online you get to see heaps of hands. Right. So during the coverage last night, when they came into Heads Up, they were about 70, 80 big blinds deep. Um, I believe Tankanza had a slight chip advantage. They started discussing a deal, and they looked at ICM Shop, and it was 930,000, 900 something thousand. They had to leave 130K to the winner. Um so then Nilage 90 comes back and says, hey, could I get $3,000 more? And Tankanza says, no. <laughs> Bear in mind, it was, nine, it was like 930,000, 911,000. Uh, Nilage wanted three grand more and uh, Tankanza said no. So they refused the deal and then they went on to play. It was a four-hour heads-up match. Um, wow. So Four hours online? Four hours online online and nano and i commentated the whole thing i was i was up till 5 a.m uh it was quite an epic but they were very gracious they played a very exciting style the first hour i don't think we saw a pot over 10 big blinds and just to be clear you're watching this cards down yeah with nano noko well, i mean no wonder he's <laughs> hearing bloody demons i would be if i was doing a two four hour online heads up battle without whole cards it was one of those where you appreciate the fact that there's $300,000 difference between first and second and a steep stack and no one wants to make a mistake. But yeah. it wasn't for, from a Cardstown broadcast perspective, it certainly wasn't the most exciting uh, heads up match uh, you'll ever see. I mean, heads up for four hours online, you're just getting so many hands and how is not a cooler dealt out? Yeah, and they were they were all in once, I think, where it was um, the, the shortest stack was at risk. It was King Jack versus Tens and King dropped on the turn and they got back about to level stacks, 50 big blinds deep. We go again. Blimey. So now that Scoop is over, Spraggy, what are the plans? Is it back to the normal streaming schedule for you and Finton? Um, I am going to be streaming, yeah, for, for the foreseeable future because I guess I my life's terrible. I have nothing better to do. So I'll do that. <laughs> oh. I, we've, had the, we've had the Showtime... Uh, it's just been announced for today. So I think we've got the Showtime thing. We're going to be doing some streams around that. I'm just going ah, to stream it's the now gone live. Yeah, we were talking about this just a moment ago, actually, uh, because I mentioned the fact this is coming up on Sunday. And yes, the game is called Showtime, Joe. I didn't know whether I was able to mention it, but now I can actually see that it's launched in the client. It's basically a cash game format where when you fold your cards, they're exposed face up and remain exposed to everyone else until the end of the hand. So when you reference cards up hold them you weren't a million miles away from hitting it yeah man finally maybe one day they'll completely use my idea but for now i'll take this one now spraggy i need to know have you heard the lineup for sunday's stream um i hear there are a couple of soft spots in that stream at least one that's big right one, because finton's playing confirm? and randy lou's <laughs> playing as well they are the soft spots you are 100 percent correct um yeah i have clearly been brought in to be the mark i brought in to be the donator all i will say is 
by virtue of you seeing every single hand I fold, you will very quickly discover that I am the biggest fucking nit on the planet. <laughs> it's interesting you say that. The, there's uh, an article gone out on Poker News about uh, the, the launch of the game and everything. The quote they have used as like the big featured quote in this article says, Sprague, people are going to see just how pathetic I am when I play this game. For a nit <laughs> like me, this is a nightmare. It's true. I'm absolutely What's, dreading What stakes it. are you guys going to play? I think it's only going to be like 51. And by that, I okay. mean 50 cents, $1, not 5,100. Right. No, 50 cents, a dollar, I think. Keep it kind of fun, but also, you know, enough that people care. Right. Um, now, obviously, Joe's got a game plan for you. But very quickly, before we move on to that, I want to run something past you because I want to give some stuff away here. We have got a PokerStars swag bag, which has got an all-in triangle, a dealer button, a stress toy, a water bottle, and a Chop Pot t-shirt. And bear in mind, wow. we thought that all the Chop Pot t-shirts had gone, but we were doing a clear out and discovered that we still had like three below a pile of other stuff, below some boxes at the bottom of a cupboard. So we have this exclusive swag bag. And I thought that what we should do, Joe, is to get our listeners, our live stream viewers, our fans to design. That's right, people. You're going to have to do some awesome Photoshop work here. Design a poster for the movie When the Dust Settles, which was a bit <laughs> of an in-joke from Monte Carlo, where the three of us... I'm sorry, Spraggy, you're not going to escape the blame for this one, decided to con poor Finton Hand into believing that there was a classic movie called When the Dust Settles, which was directed by both Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg, starred Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, plus that guy who looks a bit like Finton, sorry, can't remember his name, plus had a cameo appearance from Scarlett Johansson. So armed with those basic facts, you should now be able to construct a rudimentary poster advertising this imaginary movie. And I figured that what we'll do is we'll get you and Finton to judge the winner on your Twitch stream maybe two or three weeks from now. Sounds ideal. One of the all-time classics um, performed and directed <laughs> by the all-time greats. And uh, as you pointed out during Monte Carlo, James, if you can't, it's not available, it's not listed on IMDb, it's kind of an underground uh, movie, but definitely try and see it if you can. <laughs> so there you go. Get working. And obviously, just uh, tweet Hashtag poker in the ears with your photoshops and we'll get Finton and Spraggy to judge the winner on Twitch and uh, we'll give you two or three weeks to do that. Now, Spraggy, I know that you are a bit of a movie fan, so I thought uh, this is my favorite time of year. Scoop is my favorite time of year because I get to roll out one of my favorite games. It's called Scoop Leaderboard or Amateur Porn Uploader. Now... What I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a screen name, Spraggy. You have to tell me whether this screen name comes from the Scoop leaderboard or is someone who has recently uploaded amateur porn to the internet. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be, Joe. <laughs> okay, we're going to go first to five. You get five right, you win. You get five right, you lose. That doesn't That's make sense. They Sorry, five wrong, you lose. Sorry, five wrong, you lose. Sorry, that, that, should, that should have been clear. All right, here we go. Uh, Spraggy, pick a number between 1 and 36. 14. 14, okay. The screen name for number 14 is Theoniasis. I can spell it for you if you like. Theoniasis is a scoop leaderboard. Theoniasis, unfortunately, was the uploader of one night stand in the parking lot after clubbing. <sighs> oh, dear. That's one point in the incorrect column. Spraggy, pick a number one between 36. Take it from 14. the top. Number one. Number one, Leo Lulu. Leo Lulu. Leo Lulu. See this? I feel Leo Lulu is too obvious to be a porn uploader. It's kind of, I don't, That name is, is very porny. Um, so I think it's a red herring. Scoop leaderboard. Leo Lulu was, in fact, the uploader of Gorgeous Girl Fuck. <laughs> Every time. Oh, for 2. 21. Say, 21, here we go. Perv Mike 666. <laughs> um, porn uploader. That is correct. That was horny girl fucking guy while playing Xbox. <laughs> 17, Joe. 17, Spraggy is on the board. Zygax. Three out of uh, three out of three so far. Let's go scoop leaderboard. Scoop leaderboard is incorrect. That's horny amateur couple in action. That's one and three. 
Two more wrong answers and it's game over. Uh, 28. 28. Okay. Spike Riz. <laughs> oh, uh, let's, I think it's a full set. I'm beginning to think that you just picked up 36 Porn Uploader names. I'm sticking Porn Uploader for the last one. Unfortunately, that was the 16th player in event number 35, the $5.50 bubble rush Spike Riz. <laughs> You can't win them all. I believe that's 0 for 5. Uh, no, you're no. 1 and 4. You're 1 and 4. One you're and not four. done yet. You're one, you're one loss away from losing, however. You need, oh, to, okay. you, need to, you need a hole out. A final chance for salvation. Let's go number... Lucky number 7. Lucky number 7. Amadani. <clears throat> Amadani. Porn. Porn is correct. That was sexy Ooh. redhead quivers out of control saved what a game thank you joe you're two and four you've got uh you still got you get to go to your win or lose buddy oh sorry i see we're going i thought it was best of we're going first two so i could actually still win the whole yes. whole thing here yeah okay uh so clutch moments three in a row we need let's go three number three bruno four nine eight scoop Scoop is correct. That was another casher in the Bubble Rush tournament. Well done. You're two away from a win, one away from the loss. Keep on going, Spraggles. Four. Number four, 23 Smoker. Is he smoking people at cards or something else? Uh... <laughs> That's what makes the game so challenging. Uh, Scoop. Scoop leaderboard is correct. <gasps> oh, don't call it a comeback. It's a tight game. Four and four, so whichever way this next one goes will decide the outcome. The fate is yours, Benjamin. Eleven. Know, no, Eleven has not been picked yet. Eleven, the screen name. Is it Scoop Leaderboard or is it an amateur porn uploader? The screen name, John, a.k.a. Diaper. Oh, diaper. What sort of porn could that be? Uh... Let's go. The diaper's throwing me. I'm going porn. Benji's going with porn. Benji's correct. That is my blindfolded wife fucked by me and stranger. Wow. He finally pulls it out of the bag. You were down by a hefty margin, but you do win 5-4. Congratulations. There is no prize. First winner scoop for me, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, it's a win. And a win is a win. Um, Spraggy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you helping us uh, break down Scoop. And uh, good luck with the weeks ahead as you continue to crush online pokers. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure to be back on. Poker in the ears. So moving on, actually, some more online poker results, Joe, because, of course, we had our Poker in the Ears free roll which ran last Monday, 115 runners, 27 paid, won by a player called Mystery Machine, like Mystery Machine, but just without the right number of vowels, uh, a player from Canada. And I want to highlight this because when people think of a $500 free roll, we often joke about the fact, oh, you're going to cash for 27 cents. This guy won $107.50 for finishing first in this 115-runner free roll. So don't forget, there is decent money because the fields aren't normally that big. Right, and I mean, 1750 that's a decent bankroll to get started. If you have good bankroll management and you want a, a way to get your uh, your online poker career off to a pretty good start, 1750 that's a lot of $1 sit and goes. Indeed it is. Uh, so you might want to give our next $500 free roll a go. It's taking place on Sunday, May the 27th, 4.05 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's 9.05 p.m. British Summer Time. That's 5 past 10 European Time. The usual caveats won't appear in the lobby until 15 minutes before it starts. No late registration available. Only open to players in Canada and Europe. And as usual, we've named the free roll after this week's guest, Spraggle Rock is the name of this week's Poker in the Ears free roll. And the password? Glorious. Glorious is the word that will get you in. That's all lowercase, G-L-O-R-I-O-U-S. Uh, look forward to recapping the results of that one next week. Now, I did mention, Joe, that in addition to playing online this weekend, I was going to be playing live very soon. 
I found out that next weekend there is another London Megastack at the Hippodrome and it's the first weekend this year when I've been available to go to the Hippodrome. So I will be there. Friday the 1st to Sunday the 2nd of June, a £170 buy-in. I'll be there on the Saturday, uh, which is... Sorry, that's Friday the 1st to Sunday the 3rd of June. I'm going to be there on Saturday the 2nd of June playing Flight 1C. I was tempted to play the £400 Megastack High Roller simply so I can say, yeah, I'm playing the High Roller at the Hippodrome. But number one, that would make me sound like a prick or an even bigger prick than I already am. And also... I don't have £400 to spend in a poker tournament, so instead I'll be playing the £170 mega stack. Question is, can I succeed where Joe Stapleton failed? Can I have aces hold up against kings and potentially win a <laughs> platinum pass? Because there is going to be a 30k PSPC package for the winner as well as the first place prize money. First of all, I'm glad you're taking a weekend off from running over cyclists in Richmond Park. Second of all... <laughs> he crashed into the back of my vehicle. Whatever you say. Second of all, uh, what will you do if you win the Platinum Pass for real? Or is that something you're not going to think about until... I know going in, I'm not eligible to win the Platinum Pass. So okay. in the unlikely event that I win the London Mega Stack at the Hippodrome... You're going to give it to your friend Joe Stapleton? That is so nice the of you. The runner-up would automatically <laughs> receive said Platinum Pass. Or they might decide to do a draw at the final table. I don't know. But I can't go and... Anyway, I'm going to be working the event. Um, but look, looking forward to being at the Hippodrome. Hopefully see some super fans down there who decide to play that event. You can testify, Joe. Normally, if you don't have a calamity like Joe did against Graphical Dave, it's a really fun event and a really great vibe. Even with that, it's fun. I've always had fun at the Hippodrome every single time. It is a great vibe. And I, the testament to that would be that I've never fucking cashed ever. Okay, rapping bulldog. What's happening next on the show? One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. All right, well, let's throw another shrimp on the barbie and see how <laughs> Kylie and Jason are doing. I'm just going to drop all the Australian cliches. We are going to Sydney, though, and we're saying very early hours of good morning to Stephen Paletti. Greetings, Steve. Oh, dear God, really? To be fair, I aborted before I went full Australian cliche. Are I suppose you... you could have done what Shaq did a couple of weeks ago and gone um, full Croc Dundee, but you didn't do that, so that was good. No, no. I, I cannot even believe James would do such a thing. Are you serious? Are you Yahoo serious? Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I know that you can always take it even lower than I can possibly go, Joe. Thank you so much for making me suddenly look like the classy one. Yeah, I could always take a few more teeth out of the shark's mouth. Oh, I don't know. God. What else could I do? <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. Stephen, we are very, very happy to have you on the show. I'm very happy to be on the show after As listening to... I think I got through all the episodes in the first eight weeks. I'm... I'm no, sorry, seven weeks. Because I think, yeah, I got through 117. That was when I caught up live. So, yeah, that was, um, yeah, interesting. How, how, like, how is it? What is going on in your life that gives you the ability to listen to 107? You know what? I'll just ask you straight up. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Um, I'm a delivery driver. So I, um, so I deliver pizzas. You know, I work four days a week. Um, and so when I'm on the road, I usually get tired of listening to music. And so I discovered the podcast and yeah, I just did that. I'm interested to know, Stephen, how does the podcast work as a binge listening experience designed obviously for weekly consumption? I mean, surely you can have too much of a mediocre thing. Um, I wouldn't call it mediocre. I find it very entertaining. Um, bless you. I look, there's bits and pieces you remember, quite a few things you end up forgetting and i have these moments where um uh, so you guys were discussing the um i think it was the johnny lord and adrian mateos hand and um you guys revisited it from like you discussed on one podcast and i was listening to it you know only a couple of weeks later and you guys had revisited again and i'm just like wait two years ago didn't that happen like last week and i'm just like oh yeah right <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> yes of course because it would have so been when the tv show came like out that. yeah 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad that we have you as a regular listener. I'm glad that we have you as a fan. And obviously you're a fan of poker on TV as well because you've chosen a poker TV show as your specialist subject. Yes, I am. Um, I Whilst I've been binge listening to podcasts, I thought, oh, what subject would I choose? And then, you know, because I went through all the stages of fans picking the subject and then it wasn't. And then it's like, okay, well, because I had all these great ideas and then it's like, okay, poker related. Why has no one done the big game yet? Joe's always going on about it. Let's do the big game. Yeah. Now, uh, on the one hand, that seems like an awesome idea. On the other hand, you're expecting Joe to remember something that happened eight fucking years ago. Uh, in my defense... Why couldn't he find time to watch highlights of the big game? Oh, you know why I was why I watched Willow over the weekend was because I was trying to kiss Kevin Pollock's butt because he <laughs> he tweeted about it being the 30 year anniversary of Willow and I was like, well, this is definitely gonna get a response from Kevin Pollock on Twitter. Not even a goddamn favorite. <laughs> oh, Joe, why do you even bother sometimes? I did not. Uh, I did not rewatch season ten, week ten of season whatever of the big game. I just. It was five hours long, plus I lived it, in case you hadn't heard. Well, I'm sure you have some memory of it. Just to be clear, Steve, because I want to make sure that we have got the right week. By the way, if we haven't, it's too late. This is the Scott Fishman week, right? He's a school teacher, uh, that one, right? Yes, yes. Good. The right week, yeah. Good. Because otherwise, poor Matty and Robbie spent a week watching five poker shows, which were completely irrelevant and compiling questions that no one's going to know the answer to. Um, so that's good. We've got our ducks in a row. Now, crucially... As you know, we always have the uh, the mini chip set as a prize. Normally, we offer yep. a satellite ticket as well. Sadly, Australia, much like the United States of America, no longer offers real money poker. So we are going yeah, to have to offer you. Yeah, but it's not our <laughs> fault. Take it to take it to. I your, know it's not your fault. Take it to your it's local politician. Um, what we can offer you though is a pair of wireless headphones, which may or may not have the PokerStars logo attached to them. So that's the consolation prize that you get for not being able to satellite into an EPT. Hey, for a guy that likes to binge, uh, binge listen to podcasts, satellite headphones aren't such a bad prize. Yeah, I'll take them. Well, you have to win the quiz first. Your chances are good; they normally yep. are. Um, as you know. Having binge listened to so many podcasts, Steve, there are ten questions, multiple choice, yep. two points if you take if you just get it, nail it straight away, one point if you need the multiple choice options. You get to go first. Please give me a number. Um, let's see. Seven. Why not? Why not? It is always coming seven. Um I have a story about that actually. Oh, please um, tell. I was playing a tournament at the casino and um I got it all in with pocket sevens from under the gun. Um, got called by pocket nines. And I was like, all right, come on. It's always coming seven. Boom, turn, seven, river, nine. Ah, you see, that's what happens uh. when sevens run into <laughs> nines, which are the stars nuts. Yeah, exactly. So, question seven. What was, and I emphasize, what was Fishman's favorite hand, and what is it now? Uh, it was Jack-10 suited, and his favourite hand is now King-Queen suited. Correct, for two points. Joe, would you have known that one? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> hey, Joe, don't feel bad. I went back, there's, um, you know, in the last few hours, and I've been, and I um, went back and rewatched the whole things to make sure, and took some notes just to make sure I, you know, now, did the best I could. Of course. So. Now, I would like to point out, Steve, that obviously Joe had the same opportunity. And often Joe will say, oh, I didn't have time, slash couldn't be bothered to rewatch that. I thought, as this features himself, Joe might have been tempted to undertake this exercise. But I'm going to assume that Big Game Season 1 Week 10 has not been revisited recently. It, it has not been revisited recently. I'm too busy making current poker television! Okay, give me a question that's not number seven, Joe. All right, let's let's hope that these guys were just warming up when they're writing the questions, and uh, I'm gonna go with question number one. Question number one: When playing his first hand, what did David Fishman three barrel bluff with? I think it's Scott Fishman, isn't it? No, Scott Fishman was a professional poker player that was uh, kind of big back in the era. David oh. Fishman was the the big game contestant. Can anyway. I get a point for that? Does that count for anything? Uh, there, uh, no, that's not there? on the sheet anyway. Fishman, first hand he played, he three-barrel bluffed. What did he have? What were his whole cards? Uh, six deuce. 
You sure you don't want to take the options? I'll take the options. Of course you'll take the options. 8-9 suited, Jack-8 suited, Ace-King off, Jack-9 off. Jack-9 off. Incorrect, it was Jack-8 suited. Oh. Uh, uh, your question, Steve. Um, we'll go for nine. Question number nine. What does Daniel... Sorry, Joe. What does, I know, God damn it. What does Daniel Negreanu offer to do when he goes up to the poker table? Um, he offers to play Fishman's cards for him. He does indeed for two points. Joe, two through ten, nine, seven and nine not available. Let's, you know, comedy comes in the rule of threes. Okay. Let's take question number three. Question three. Early in episode two. What rule does Bill Perkins want to implement when talking to Phil Helmuth? I'll take the choices, please. Worst hand wins. No talking until after the flop. Introduce a 15-second shot clock. To only spend time studying players when the cards are up. Uh, no talking until after the flop. Incorrect. It was D about studying players. Weird. Okay. Steve, what would you like as your next question? Um, please just call me Steve, and I hate Steve again. There's a story I can explain later if you want. Um, um, we'll go five, please. You shouldn't have told me that because you realise I'm just going to nail it every single time now. Uh, what was, yeah, so does everybody else. What was Fishman's first really good or really bad play of the night? Um, uh, it was folding pocket tens, wasn't it? I it think, was indeed. Um, that's all I need. Don't don't just go in more detail. Okay. Our time is limited. Uh, Joe, yep. next question. Question four. Question number four. What is Fishman's response when Perkins asks him comedy or action? The subject being movies. I'll take the choices. Comedy. Action. He doesn't like movies. He only plays games. Grade D horror movies. Uh... Comedy. Incorrect. It was grade D horror movies. Wow, you are in danger of laying an egg here, Joe Stapleton. <laughs> Stephen, where would you like to go? Two, um, six, eight, or ten? I'm trying to think based on the order of the questions which one might have hand 97 on it because I know that hand back to front. <laughs> try six, please. Okay, let's try six. Question number six. Who won the first six-figure pot of the week? First six-figure part of the week. Uh, can I have the options, please? You can. Was it Phil Helmuth, Bill Perkins, Fishman, or Joe Carter? Um, I want to say Helmuth. It was not. It was Joe Carter. But there is a bonus point. What was the winning hand? What were the winning hole cards? Um... I know he laid down a straight, which would have been the best hand. That was on a different hand. No, I can't think, sorry. Okay, Joe, here's a chance. What cards were Joe Carter holding when he won the first six-figure pot of week 10? Pocket Kings. So close. Ace King. Uh, two, eight, or ten? I haven't done two yet. Give me two. Let's lay a deuce. At the end of episode one, who'd made the most profit? Joe Carter. Would you like the multiple choice options? Yes, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Okay, was it Phil Helmuth, Phil Luck, Bill Perkins, or David Fishman? Uh, Phil Luck. Incorrect, it was Phil Helmuth. It's a surprising answer. Uh, how much was Phil in profit by? And I'll take it to the nearest $10,000. 55,000. It was 54,100. You are getting a point. He's on the board, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! As we enter the final round. Um, Stephen, question 8 or question 10? Question 8, please. How old does Daniel Negreanu guess that Phil Lark is? I don't remember this. Um... Oh, no, no, they had the discussion about it. Because they were talking about his Wikipedia page. Um... Can I get the options, please? You can. 38, 21, 56, or 43? 
43. Same age as Joe Stapleton, correct, for one point. <laughs> Which, and Joe, that means you get question 10. Uh, what's the most number of times we saw a river being run throughout the week? Oh, the most number of times we saw a river be run throughout the week. Three times. Uh, wait, there's choices? There's choices. All right, give me the choices. Was it 11, 3, 7, or 5? Three. Incorrect. It was five. But Wow. How can I not remember them running it five times? I, I often ask myself how you don't remember shit. Who is involved in the hand? If you can name the players, I'll give you one last point. For it to be five times, Phil Locke has got to be one of them. Who is the other player? Uh, Bill Perkins. Well, Bill Perkins is correct, but it was not Phil Luck, it was David uh, Williams. So I'm not going to give you the point, which means the final score is seven points to Stephen, one point to Joe Stapleton, who worked on this TV show. But Stephen, because you watched it so many times and rewatched it recently, you've crushed this game of Superfan vs. Stapes. Congratulations, you get the chipset and the wireless PokerStars headphones. Thank you very much. But can't we give him the consolation point, please? That way we can make it seven deuce. <laughs> no uh, Stephen thank you oh. so much for coming on the show and we appreciate you staying up or getting up early whatever it is because I know the time difference doesn't necessarily work in your favour no I stayed up I was I got to around 9 o'clock and I was and it's you know quarter past 12 now and it's on Thursday morning it's like oh I just want to go to bed oh. now you can go to but, bed no, knowing that you are a winner is. winner winner chicken dinner that is if the thrill of talking to us doesn't keep you up for the next 24 hours. I mean, you could always try binging the podcast again. Guaranteed cure for insomnia. Stephen, thank you yeah. so much. Good to talk to you. No worries. Thanks, guys. Have a, have a great day. All right, my babies. That is just about all the time we've got for this week's show. We will be back again next week on our hot streak of shows with our guest. Wait for it. Alex Foxen. Yes, this is our Matt Damon. This is the guy we've been promising now for the better part of two months. Um, we have a day. We have a time. Separate to when we would normally record the podcast. We're going to have to set up separately and specially to do this. So we better fucking be there, is all I'm going to say. Yes. Wait. The, the day and time is still at 9 a.m., right? 9 a.m. the morning. Yes. Okay. Just checking that we're all on the same page about this. I kind of screwed up last the first time, by the way, because I told him I would check in with him the night before to double, you know, just to reconfirm. And I forgot to do that. Well, so, let's make sure that early next week, Monday or Tuesday, we do check in with him and check in with each other and make sure that we're in sync as well and that this is actually going to happen. Uh, I'm thinking that in a couple of weeks time, we should do another Platinum Pass update. Remember, we did that run through of who's won passes so far. We spoke to Finton Gavin. I'm hoping that we can get hold of the guy who won the Platinum Pass in our free roll in Monte Carlo. Obviously, we had the daily challenges. We had the free roll on the final day. It was a Dutch player, a 69-year-old Dutch player, who won the Platinum Pass in that free roll, and I'm hoping that we can get put in touch with him and maybe get him on the show. That is fucking awesome. 69! Okay, uh, James, what do you think we do another Poker Movie Mondays on a Wednesday? Yeah, before I was thinking go. definitely for that would be the fifth and final show before our summer break. And I was thinking that maybe we make it a bit of an interactive experience and maybe give the listeners the opportunity to vote on which movie we review. Because there are still plenty of poker slash gambling themed films that we can revisit, could do retrospective reviews of. I actually don't think that there's many that I could revisit at this point. I think there's plenty that I just straight up haven't seen. Um, Willie Garson played on our on the other show uh, a few weeks ago. He's in the movie The Grand, and I realized that for a guy that loves improv and comedy and poker, it's pretty weird that I haven't seen The Grand. So that's my... It's weird that I haven't seen it as well. I think we discovered or established when we were discussing Lucky You and Deal that The Grand had a different name in the UK. So I have to rem try and track that one down. Uh, other options, slightly more serious movies, uh, The Gambler, and I'm talking about the original with James Kahn, not the remake uh, with Marky Mark. 
a California Split, which is a Robert Altman movie with um, Elliot Gould and George Siegel. This is the movie, by the way, which was very much the inspiration for Mississippi Grind. California Split. It's it's almost like Mississippi Grind was a remake of California Split. And a film that's not about poker, but I think is probably the, one of the best films about the gambling lifestyle, which is The Hustler, the Paul movie with, uh, with Paul Newman, which of course then spawned a sequel in The Color of Money. I've not seen any of those movies and I'm happy to watch them. So uh, let's get the folks involved and figure out what that's going to be for Poker Movie Mondays coming up. Uh, Super fans, we're all still booked up, guys. So uh, after the World Series of Poker, when we come back, we'll start uh, hollering at you people again to get you on the show. Yeah, I still think people should apply because I'm I'm keeping a record now. So I guarantee your applications will not be lost. Um, Just to say... There is still that vacancy the last week before our summer break. But if we are going to do a movie-themed podcast, it stands to reason that we would do a quiz based around that movie. So it'll be one of those where we set the subject and ask people to apply specifically to answer questions about that film. All right, there it is. That's it, guys. Do not forget to subscribe, comment, and like this podcast. We could really use your support. We appreciate it. That is, in fact, all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton saying, smell you later. Socks, socks, socks in a box.